this is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to dig into some retirement planning errors to avoid, and we're going to offer some tips on how you can potentially correct them. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an investment advisor representative with Silver Leaf Financial. He's been helping folks get to retirement for more than 30 years. You are, um, you know, you are a fiduciary. I mentioned that you're independent. You've got a lot of experience. I mean, all of these things. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It's great to be here, Steve. Thank you very much for the introduction. The, you know, I mean, we talk about a, a lot, you know, this, we were just talking before the show that, that this kind of list that we're going to go through is just sort of random things that, that we put together that, that just cover a lot of ground and, and maybe will, you know, kind of strike a chord with folks. Yeah, that, that's really what it is. We want to talk about several different areas and 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 kind of like uh, bullet points, if you will. Yeah. Uh, just just to highlight them because these are a lot of when I, when I when I we talked about this, you know, there's a lot of different issues that come up, and and just living life sometimes seems busy and dealing with the day to day things, and so a lot of times people just forget about these things. It's put, it's out you know out of sight, out of mind. Right. And so I you know so I thought it was a good idea to just to, to just cover a few of them. And uh, maybe it'll help somebody remember or, or, or trigger it and say, you know, it's something at least they should look into. Well, and, and it has to start with something that we talk about every week, Kevin, and, and we've had long, lengthy discussions about the plan. And the plan. The plan has to be in writing, not in your head. That, that's right. That's right. You know, a, a lot of us, you know, like myself, I'll, I'll formulate something in my brain and, and I can go through it in great detail and then, you know, kind of feel like I've got a plan. But, but really, we want, we want to put this down in black and white. We want to put it on paper, and then we want to be able to go and reflect on it, you know, and think about different scenarios that may come up. For instance, you know, if they cut Social Security, if your income is cut, if, if there's a healthcare crisis you didn't anticipate, if somebody in your family or somebody close to you gets sick, and now you've got to pay for a nursing home or assisted living. So it, it, it is a mistake to not have any retirement plan at all. And, and the best plan is the one that's well thought out that we put down in writing, you know, so we can determine what your future is going to look like uh, and come up with some plan, you know, kind of like a plan B or a plan C or at least some other, you know, other avenues we can go down. If you think of it uh, like a flow chart, you know, um, if s different situations arise, we want to have a plan for that, too. Right. And, and so the best thing is put it down in writing and, and let's talk about it. Make sure it covers all the basics that you want covered. And that plan is basically, it becomes sort of an evolving living document. I, I was talking with somebody earlier this week who said, yeah, they had a retirement plan. They had it done about 15 years ago and it was in a dot matrix printer in a three ring binder. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that plan needs a little work, I'd say. <laughs> it does. That's like a flashback to the past, yeah. you know? And uh, so, yeah, I think we need that. That's like taking the old microfilm and converting it into something more, uh, dig you know, more recently uh, technologically innovative, uh, you know, put it on a flash drive, maybe. Right. But, um, but that's the point. I mean, it's 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 time to take a look at that plan. If you've got one, that's great. Well, let's improve on it. 
You, you know what? That's a great idea to take a look at it. And I'll tell you what, if you do have one from 15 years ago, you know what, what a lot of time is very uh, illuminating is to see how close you were, how close you are, how close were your projections and the predictions. And it are, 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 is it basically where you thought you'd be? Because then, then you probably have a lot more stability in a lot of different areas of your life than, than many people do. Because I'll tell you, in a lot of cases, a plan from 15 years ago doesn't look anything like reality. If it if it hasn't been updated in fifteen years, sure. So sure. so we want to let's take a close look at that. Definitely, you know, kudos for bringing it out. You know what? Um, but let's uh, let, let's take a take it a couple steps further and revise it, update it, and make sure the things that you were looking for uh, are still relevant and something that you want to you know you want to have in your plan. Uh, you, you know, the next thing is going to is really not knowing how much. You know, one of the problems that some people have is not knowing how much you're going to need to retire. And and I really want to get granular. Okay, when we have this discussion, we want to get down to the nitty gritty details, every nickel and dime coming out of your pocket, everything that's the 10 or 20 bucks, your your numerous things that renew. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people have subscriptions these days, for instance, that I didn't see nearly as many of 15, 20 years ago. And and I think it's because the business community realized several years ago that, you know what, these are things these things are like an annuity. okay, and the business community thinks an annuity stream is a wonderful thing because that's a payment coming to them every single month. And all they have to do is, is keep you, keep you, you know, sending them the check. And, and so it's important, you know, these can add up to a lot of money. Uh, I, I've seen some folks have hundreds and hundreds of dollars that they're paying on subscriptions that they forgot about. Uh, they hit their credit card. They don't watch the statements as closely as maybe they should. And, and then they open it up one day and they, they remember they're paying for these things that they haven't been using, like a subscription to you know, a newspaper or a publication or something. Uh, so, guys, let's take a look, take a hard look at how much you're going to need to retire. And that means let's look at your food expenses, you know, what you're having, you know, when you go out, what you have it delivered, what you buy at the grocery store. You know, we need to look at all your utilities. And, and you know, I'll tell you one thing, for instance, the cost of Internet, you know, the the cable, the cable line, the, the Internet from the cable company uh, has gone up dramatically. You know, my Internet bill, I don't have a cable bill. It's been replaced by my Internet bill and broadband or whatever you want to refer to it as. Uh, but that pipeline coming into your house that hooks up everything digital, um, I, it's it's growing very pretty quickly, you know? So we want to make sure we look at all the bills. A lot of people don't realize that their utilities combined can be six, seven, $800 a month, if not more, just to keep your house running. And so let's take a hard look at exactly how much you need to pay your bills every month. And that, again, knowing, knowing that gives you confidence that, okay, I, I can do all of this, or I need to make some changes and, and make some adjustments. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and, and because we, we want to know, right? You want to know if you're going to have a shortfall or if maybe, maybe the budget or the plan that you put together, maybe it doesn't give you enough cash flow, you know, because ah, I forgot about this bill or that bill and that thousand bucks a month I thought I had to blow on having some fun is now actually going towards bills that aren't so much fun, um, you know, which obviously is going to cut back on the amount of free cash you have to just spend however you want. And so the, one of the biggest things with me is, I, I mean, Ideally, we want, you know, we want everybody to have a happy, stress-free, you know, secure product, you know, retirement, doing what they want to do, right? It's supposed to be a time that you enjoy yourself and get to spend, if it's more time with your family or your grandkids that you want, or whether it's traveling or fishing or golfing or, you know, doing arts and crafts, whatever it is you want to do. We want to make sure you're in a position that you can do it without even having a second thought. And, and that makes, that requires that we take a hard look at inflation, that everybody's talking about, right? And how things cost so much more now 
many things cost more now than they did, you know, a year ago or two years ago, more than just a couple percent, right? And and that could have a big, big negative impact on a retiree's budget if it's not if that wasn't uh, thought about ahead of time. And but that's why you work with an advisor like you, Kevin. You know, you're a fiduciary. You're looking out for us, and you can anticipate some of these things and and help us adjust accordingly. Yes, that, and that's exactly what we do, right? And that's exactly what we do. We want to have these conversations, make sure that we're thinking about everything that could impact your retirement, especially anything that could derail it. In other words, a, 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 you know, an expense coming out of left field that you didn't anticipate can be devastating, right? Uh, you know, if your car breaks down and now all of a sudden the, the, the shop is telling you you got to replace your engine and spend thousands of dollars or maybe buy a new car and you say, okay, now I'm going to buy a new car that's going to be at least 20 grand in, in most cases, if not far more. Uh, you, you know, if you didn't plan for it, that, that sometimes could be a challenge. And we don't want it to derail your retirement, especially in your first few years of retirement. Uh, I mean, if it's and don't get me wrong, I don't mean we don't ever want to get it derailed. Right. Um, but most definitely not early on, which is which is why we talk sometimes about that sequence of returns and how you don't want to take an, a big investment loss, you know, to your portfolio those first few years because it's so, so much more devastating if you take a big hit early on in retirement. And so, uh, so we want to very, pay very close attention to those things. And, and something else to look at is your beneficiary designations on your accounts. Guys, a lot of times, right, a lot of times life changes, right? People get divorced, they get separated, um, go different directions, you know, ob obviously, you know, people pass away. And, and a lot of times uh, folks forget to update their beneficiaries after one of these life events. And, and so obviously you don't want your money going to your ex-wife, right? And, and you, you don't want to leave money to somebody that's already passed away because now it's going to go into probate, which is going to take, which is going to cost time and money for whoever does ultimately get, get those proceeds. So please take, you know, take a look, pull out your accounts. Any retirement account that you have should have had designations you know, put on it when you set it up. And, and that could have been you know, decades ago, right, for some accounts. So it is important to take a look at it. Uh, and also, guys, I would suggest not naming anything just to your estate. Uh, one thing I've run into with a lot of folks when I ask them about their beneficiaries, you know, a lot of folks know immediately who they want it to be. But other, others aren't so clear for, for any number of reasons. They're not sure who they want you know, all of their money to go to. And so when I ask them that question, they don't know. And so by default, we say, all right, let's make it the estate of you know, John Doe, which is fine as a, temporary, as a temporary thing. All right. But that is not something you want to last very long because if something happens and, and you pass away, then that means it's automatically going to be going to probate. All right. And so we want to make sure you've got your designation, your beneficiary designations, exactly who you want them to be. And you can in most places, you can always update them free of charge. You can change them free of charge. It's just a matter of filling out a form. So, Kevin, when you talk of there's a primary beneficiary, I understand that. How far down do you need to go? In other words, if this, then this, then this. I mean, do you go down a couple of levels? You know, that's I, I'm going to say that's a personal preference. I always recommending I always recommending at least having secondary or contingent beneficiaries. Okay, and right. and and that's what I always suggest because uh, it, we're you know and hey, hey, obviously this is a show about very very serious topics and and one of the issues we have to deal with is death, right? Yes. And and what I'm thinking about is sometimes people will leave a married couple as beneficiaries, um, and they could be you know unfortunately sometimes people are traveling in a car together and getting an accident and they're both gone at the same time, right? Yep. And and so that's the situation I'm thinking about is well what if those folks are in a car together and something terrible happens. And if you don't have any contingent or secondary beneficiaries, 
that again is going to force force everything back into probate because because the beneficiaries are gone and if there wasn't anything additional listed then that could that in my mind that's going to trigger that's going to send you back to probate now let me mention i'm not a lawyer okay uh, I deal the, with these issues on a regular basis, and so I'm very confident in, in what I'm saying here, but it's up to you to look into it. Look into it further. If you're in that situation, if you have any doubt at all, check with your attorney or give me a call and I'll help you figure it out. But I always recommend at least getting secondary and, and contingent beneficiaries as well as your primary beneficiaries on your documents. I think that's smart. Uh, speaking of calls, uh, here's the number, folks. It's 800-975-6717. Kevin, I'd love to hear from you. And so we're kind of going down just sort of this random list of things to, to keep in mind as we put our plan together. We start getting closer to retirement. And if you're still working and uh, your employer offers a match, mm, jump on it. Jump on it. Take every dollar, every dollar you can, guys. Always make sure you're taking advantage of the employer 401k match. That is, that is literally... Uh, about the only free money you're probably going to come across. And uh, well, well, whether it's free or not, I guess you are working for them. So that's right. debatable. Uh, but let's make <laughs> sure we take, let's take that match. Okay. Let's yes. take it. Um, you, you know, and, and you also, obviously, I don't think anybody goes into retirement or I don't know many people that have gone in retirement planning to rely just on social security for their income. Um, you know, and what I'm saying is that I don't think anyone plans that because we all know it's probably not going to be enough. Uh, the you know the average Social Security check is about fifteen hundred bucks. Wow, that that's about seem the average. Like a lot. No, it's, not to me. It's not. I mean, and I think most people most people would agree it's not. And, and I mean, even if you're home and you're your transportation, if all of that's even even if it's paid, assuming it's paid for, right? And you've got no debt. Um, I think it'd be a challenge living on fifteen hundred dollars just between food and utilities. So make sure that you've got other avenues of income lined up. Uh, if you don't have guaranteed income sources set up, then we can talk about how we can set up guaranteed sources of income so you don't have to be concerned about what if my portfolio, you know, let's say you've got a 401k, which a lot of people, that's their biggest retirement account, that's their biggest investment account, and that's what they plan on living in living off of in retirement. Uh, but But if you're invested in the stock market, then you definitely have periods of volatility. And even the most conservative stocks can take unexpected hits. And, you know, we see volatility in different areas of the market, like the last recently small cap stocks have been getting hit today. Tech stocks rallied, you know, but but depending on the day or the week, different things can be can be kicking a hit and, and losing money. And that can cause a lot of uh, cause a lot of stress if you're relying on that for your retirement income. So one thing that I like to do is figure out exactly how much income you want coming in every month and then making sure that it's guaranteed. So no matter what happens to the stock market. No matter what happens in the economy or politically or anywhere else, you know that you've got a guaranteed check coming in every month that'll pay you for life. And so that way, that way we cover your basics and we know you've got the cash flow that you need. So even if other things fall apart, you know you can pay your bills and you still have extra cash left over to do uh, whatever you like to do to, to, you know, to relax and have a good time. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation. 
800-975-6717 or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. You know, something that people are very confused on is, you know, a, a lot of financial products are, per, are, you know, are pretty complex, complex. They're, they're, they can be confusing. And I've been doing this. I started in 1990 and uh, I, I consider myself pretty well versed in fin- financial vehicles. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I look at these virtually every day, guys, every day of the business week, for sure, uh, because there are, there are variations and updates and, you know, there are different things, for instance, in the annuity space. Annuities are very complicated products in some ways, but depends on the type you're looking at. A lot of people don't even realize that there, that there are really three primary types, you know, different types of annuities. And they do different things. They have different functions they, they're, and they're designed to meet different objectives. Some of them can have higher fees than others. Some have no fees. And, and so there's, there, there are different maturities. There's a lot of different factors to look at. And I can't imagine being an individual that doesn't have experience or background in finance trying to look at an, annu- an annuity and figuring out whether it's good for them or not. All right. I, I think you're really setting yourself up for a challenge there, guys, if you're doing that. You're, you really want to talk to an advisor that's experienced, that, in my opinion, can offer you other types of investments as well, not just annuities. Otherwise, you might wind up you know, talking to somebody that doesn't have a choice. You know, That's the only thing they could recommend to you because that's the only thing they're licensed for. Um, you know, so so there's a lot of things out there that that can be more complicated than you might have imagined, but they can provide you with that guaranteed income you're looking for. And somebody like me can help you figure out whether it's a good fit for you or maybe there's a different way that we want to tackle it. And that's the thing where, where you can take a different approach or whatever approach might make sense and give us those choices. Yes. And, and you know what? One thing I want to mention on this topic, something that's right around the corner out here for, for us and for folks in Arizona, uh, the state of Arizona effective in 2021, just adopted a new standard for uh, insurance agents, you know, like me, I'm an insurance agent, I'm also a registered investment advisor. Uh, But for anybody that practices in the insurance space with annuities, for instance, there are new disclosures required, uh, effective July 1st, and and what's that two weeks or so? Sure. Um, And and it's one of the things that I've been talking about on the show. And I'm glad that the the regulators are trying to up the game a little bit. some people have been pushing for for adoption of the fiduciary standard, which we talk about all the time. The fiduciary, to me, is the gold standard. You know, it is the highest standard that you can find that requires somebody like me that's a fiduciary to put your interests ahead of mine and ahead of the firm and ahead of whoever I, I'm representing. Your interests come first. And, and that is different. And it's a higher standard than the suitability standard. And now they came out with a new one called the best interest standard. 
which is kind of halfway in between fiduciary and suitability. And so what it means, folks, is that when you're sitting down, if you're talking to an advisor, there's an extra form they're supposed to show you that you sign. And it, and it, and it, uh, and it, it's about what the advisor can offer you. And so in other words, if the advisor is only licensed for insurance and annuities, they have to tell you that they cannot offer those other products because they're not licensed for them. And conversely, if they're only licensed for security products like stocks and bonds, but not annuities or insurance, they have to disclose it to you in writing and you have to sign off on that. And there are also questions on there about how we get compensated, whether it's fees or commissions, things like that. Um, and they make you disclose whether they only recommend products from one or two companies or if they're able to offer you investments and solutions from many different providers. So the idea behind it is so that you know, like I've talked about on the show, I, I use the example of a car dealership. You know, if you pull into a dealership selling Chev you know, Chevys, right? Yes. Then you should know walking in, right? When you pull in off the street, it's a Chevy dealership. You don't expect them to talk to you about a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, right? Right. They're, they're there to sell you a Chevy. But you know that because you know, it's well-defined, right? Uh, well, one of the problems in the, in the investment space is that it's not as well-defined. And, and the customer doesn't always know that the person they're talking to, the advisor, what exactly is this advisor licensed for? What can and can't they recommend to me? Because it's, it's, there's not really a menu that's put out in front of everybody, you know, like a restaurant. And, and so I think, that's, I think it's a good step forward. I would have liked it if they went all the way to fiduciary, but they chose not to. Um, and that was, lob that was because of lobbying by a lot of big Wall Street brokerage firms, by the way. Uh, they do not want the fiduciary standard because it it's a lot more difficult and it's a lot more challenging. Um, and so the big brokerage firms don't, generally speaking, are not in favor of it. And, and in fact, a lot of the brokerage firms, they do not claim to be fiduciaries, guys. So it's important you know that. Some of the ones that have, there's a branch on every corner, all right, but they're not fiduciaries. And so you want to make sure you know exactly who you're talking to and what they can and can't provide for you. Absolutely. That I mean, again, that's that just makes good common sense. Now, this is, you said this goes into effect July 1st. Is this just Arizona? Yes, this is Arizona, and and the reason why is you want to you want to remember just to remind everybody, insurance products are regulated on a state by state level. Okay, all right. So, um, so with insurance products and annuities, um, things like that, it's a state by state level. So the paperwork that I do and the requirements that I have in Arizona, they might be the same or they might be different than than let's say New Mexico, um, and and so. So yeah, this is taking effect. This is something that's been adopted by other states, but it's not nationwide. And it, it's up to each individual state department of insurance, you know, to, to, to uh, you know, to say this is what we're doing and, and to say this is the new standard. And so it's, uh, it, it can be very confusing. This is something else I was talking about earlier. This is something else that's confusing, uh, that insurance is regulated on a state level, uh, not, not a not so much a federal level. Wow. Yeah. I mean, again, these are the kinds of things that I don't think the average person knows or, or understands, but it is important, you know, sitting down with you, you're, you talk about transparency. That's part of being a fiduciary. It is. It, it is very, it is very, very much part of being a fiduciary. And, and, and I'm happy. I, I have nothing to hide. I'm happy. I, I'm full, full, fully, tra I'm as transparent as, as I can be. And if anyone has suggestions, I'm certainly open to looking, you know, listening to them. Um, guys, the, the biggest thing, that I think causes problems for folks is they just don't know who they're talking to when they're sitting down with an agent or an advisor. And, and what I mean is, uh, you know, I, I think this disclosure is very valuable to a client. So, you know, the person you're sitting down to 
can they recommend stocks and bonds and mutual funds and things that are market-based as well as insurance and annuities and things like that? Because those are different licenses that are required for those. The security side with stocks and bonds, those are totally different licenses, different exams that we have to take and, and pass, by the way, right? Yes. Um, you know, versus your insurance license, which is a completely different test and it's a different license. And, and, and so uh, a lot of individuals like me have both. And, um, you know, but there's a lot of guys that there's, I shouldn't say guys, a lot of agents that do not. There's a lot of insurance agents that do not have securities licenses. Um, and they're not supposed to talk to you about that at all. For instance, one thing, you know, if a person doesn't have a securities license, they are not supposed to be recommending that you liquidate, for instance, your any stocks or bonds or mutual funds because they're not licensed to do that. Um, so that's been one area of contention that's gotten those guys in trouble because, you know, they, they would say, oh, go sell your stocks and buy this annuity. Uh, and then the regulators find out about it and they say that you can't do that. You can't and do so, that, yeah. You're not supposed to do that. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of nuances, and that's why I say it's complicated. Uh, it, it does require you to kind of, kind of, you know, look behind the curtain, if you will. Um, you know, my, of course, I feel, <laughs> I feel a great way to remove bias uh, is, is by the advisor being licensed in all these different areas. And that's how I can truly say to you, you know, if, if the annuity is what I think is best for you, then that's what I'm going to suggest, and I'll tell you why. And, and if, if conversely, it's, it's securities products, stocks, stock portfolio or managed portfolio or something, I'll tell you that as well. I've got a lot of clients that do both. And I've got also, but at the same time, I've got a lot of clients that are just on one side or the other. In other words, they're all, you know, they're all guaranteed products or, they're, or they have no guaranteed products. You know, so uh, my, 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 my goal is to find what's best for each individual. And, and I think that if you can't look at the whole universe of products, how can you possibly say you're offering the best solution? Right, exactly. And and again, so I mean, as we as we kind of cruise through this list, we've really hit on a, a lot of the areas. And uh, what do you want to what do you want to hit on at, the, at this point? You, you know what I I think um, there, there's there, well there's there's so many there's so many different issues. You know what I talked a little about annuities, yeah. and and I want to mention you know guys that the variable annuity is the one that, that I'm going to say is the, uh, you know, the redheaded stepchild, if you will. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm trying to be nice and PC and all that good stuff. Um, and I'm not saying these can't be good. They, they, you know, I have seen some, I've seen a few situations where they've, they've worked out really well for the client. The client was very happy with it uh, because they can offer some guarantees sometimes. Okay. So the other point I want to make guys with annuities is that all of them do not guarantee lifetime income. All right. That's critical. You understand it, especially if that's what you want. Okay. All annuities do not offer guaranteed income. And I know that seems crazy because you say, I thought, yeah, I thought that's what the word meant maybe. Um, but the reality is they don't. All right. Some of them are just for accumulation. In other words, I've got a lot of clients that they want the safety of the annuity because you can't lose money because the, of the stock market dropping but you can make money when it goes higher. Uh, and, and so these have done fairly well. They average, you know, in the five to 6% range in a lot of cases and, 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 but without any risk of a market loss. All right. But these clients are not saying that they want to turn it into guaranteed income. All right. They've already got enough income. They, they're, they're happy with the income they have and they've got extra money to invest, but they don't want to take a chance on losing it in the stock market. And so for a person that says that to me, then I'm going to say, you know what, maybe we should look at an index annuity, okay, 
a lot of them don't have any fees or any costs to them, but there are limitations you need to know about. Uh, and, and so you need to know exactly the details of how they work. But that's that's the niche that they fit. It's not for somebody necessarily wanting income. It's for something somebody that wants the safety without the risk of the stock market. Okay. And so just remember, they don't all guarantee income. A lot of them do. Uh, and a lot of times when you get that guaranteed income, you're going to pay for it because there's an additional fee attached to it. So we want to make sure you understand all the fees and everything you're paying for and that you're going to benefit from paying these fees. And so those are some of the things I, I, I like to help folks work out when they're considering something in that space. Right. I, but again, that's the conversation that people need to have before they just get pushed into something that that really isn't appropriate or, you know, basically a broker is trying to push a product that because that's what that's they right. want to do. That's right. And, and I'll tell you, a lot of brokers will push the same product because it's easier. Guys, it's easier if, if, if they, they can know a product A to Z, like the back of their hand, if all they have to know is one or two products. And, and, and let's face it, some people are, okay, some people, I'm going to say in pretty much every profession and every occupation, some people are lazier than others, right? And the folks that are lazy in the financial space, they're probably not the ones that are spending a lot of time learning new products paying attention to the latest stuff that's come out there and comparing it to what they were looking at and trying to really do a deep dive analysis to see, is this the best solution? Or maybe there's one from those other 35, 40, 50 companies that I haven't looked at. Because guys, I spend a lot of time researching these things. Yeah. It takes a lot of time and it really does. It, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, you know, because just like a commercial on television, they're giving you the highlights, the glossy, you know, the pretty part that they want you to focus on. Where the other 90%, like the iceberg, I think of it like an iceberg right? The 10% piece that's above the surface, that's what the advertisers and marketing companies show you. But we need to know what's that 90% look like that's underneath the surface, right? That's what I'm here for. And that's when I can help you look into it. And, and unfortunately, you know, some brokers, it's just easier for them to recommend the same thing to everybody. And, and I've met plenty of advisors that do that. And I say to them, how in the world can you say this is the best thing for everybody? Right? But, but they've got an answer. They do have an answer for you. Um, you know, but I just think it's important to know if the person you're working with is really looking around across the board for the best solutions, or are they only looking in their own back pocket? Well, you know, I, I, I read a story today. I mean, I do a segment uh, for another show called the brokers behaving badly. And this guy, this goes to that point. He, um, FINRA has now, you know, sort of gotten rid of this guy, but uh, he was churning accounts. He says, uh, uh, they said that he, he did 10 or more trades in 66 customer accounts uh, that he uh, he made $952,000. The customers lost $934,000. That's the kind of a broker oh my, you don't want to do. Oh, my gosh. That's all oh about God, churning. No. And, and you've talked about churning before. But that's what that is. And and people that, didn't know. Yes. No, and, that, and that's another terrible story. And, 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 and I keep hoping that Finner would boot these guys out. Um, you know, I've ran across my share. Of, I, I think after you're in any business for a long enough period of time, you know, you're going to see the bad players and, you oh, get, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and a lot of times the regulators, I don't, I don't know what, what, what the deal is. Cause some of these folks, if you look at their records, you can see that they've hopped from firm to firm to firm to firm to firm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy, uh, let's see, 19 disclosures from, uh, 15 firms over 21 years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I mean come on. Why in the work 19, that's, that's how, I mean, I don't know the seriousness of all the disclosures, but churning is a very serious, is a oh, very yeah. serious problem. And, and obviously, you know, it's, 
you know, it, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm, I'm going to say every business has bad apples, you know, and I of just, course. I do think though that the regulators, I, I, I mean, they, they seem to give some people a pass and, and you can look at these records from these guys and see these folks and see them move and they move because they get fired from one place and they go someplace else and somebody else hires them. And I think there needs to be some penalties assessed on these firms that hire brokers that, that we, we used to call them rogue brokers, rogue, R-O-G-U-E. Yeah, right. Right. We used to call them rogue brokers, you know, because like they're, they're like, you know, and, and so I don't know that firm, that term went away, but I would say that's what these guys are because they'll be at some place, they, they abuse their clients and then they make a bunch of money. Then the firm fires them and then they go down the street or to a different town and they get some other firm that hires them. Okay. The firm that hires a broker that's a rogue broker that has a history of these disciplinary problems, they should be fined. And they should be fined every day until they fire that person, right? Until yes. this practice comes to an end. Because the firm is hiring them because they just want to make money off what the rep is doing, right? Yes. They're putting, they're putting the dollar signs in front of the client. And, and I think until the firms are held responsible uh, and, and you penalize them for hiring these people, it's going to continue. Until that, until my, in my opinion, until that happens. Sure. Um, I know we're kind of running out of time here, Kevin, but uh, can I ask you about uh, pure growth for a little update? Yeah, you know, you, you certainly can. And I did want to bring that up. And, I want, I want to, uh, and, and I'm glad you did. I want to tell you guys, this is a portfolio that I, that I started managing live last July. Um, and, and it's based on what, I, what is, uh, we call rules-based uh, stock selection. Uh, in other words, we're we're not looking for a theme. We're not trying to figure out what the next hot area, you know, whether it's cloud computing or electric cars or or whatever it might be. We're not trying to find the next great theme. You know, there's a lot of thematic investors that some of them do really well. Um, but this strategy is based on numbers that we can measure. It could be return on equity, return on investment. It could be sales growth or earnings growth or insider insiders buying back shares. Any number of things. The point is that we can measure it. And then we can apply these rules that that when we test them, they show success when you back test it. You know, you run it through computer computer simulations and it says, hey, if you'd have done this, you'd have made a fortune over the last 20 years. Well, what I decided to do is take that and go live with real money, managing it uh, and, and to see exactly what we could come up with. And so I took it live for my clients. This is a fully managed account where I buy and sell stocks um, based on these parameters, based on the research I receive. And then I distill it down and I make the choices. Uh, and so far, you know what, we, we're off to a, we're off to a pretty good start, but I'm going to tell you guys, we did lose 10 or 12%. And I'd say in the last month or six weeks, we were up over 70%. Uh, as of today's close, we're up 60.5%. That's nothing um, to sneeze at, Kevin. That's oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm very, I'm very happy with it. I just, I just want people to know that, that they're the only way you're going to make returns, uh, in, in, in excess of, you know, 15 or 20% means you're taking a good amount of risk. Right. Okay. And that means you're taking a good amount of, you're taking a good chance of losing money. And, and so, so far I'm, I'm thrilled with it. You know, we've, we, this portfolio went live. I, I will double check the data and I'm going to be coming out with a lot of data. Uh, I'll be putting a lot of data together. I should say that people that you can look at every single trade, every purchase, every sale, when I bought it, when I sold it, um, and I'll be happy to answer any questions about it, but this is, I say pure growth because it's all stocks. Uh, there's no bonds and it's concentrated. Uh, it, it might only be eight or 10 stocks. Uh, but that is how a lot of folks, a lot of you guys know, that's how you get the big returns or you get big losses. So it's, so it's not for the faint of heart. 
Um, but what I'm doing is I'm taking research from various independent research companies. And these are all stocks that they are telling me are fantastic buys, right? So I'm starting off with a pool of stocks that I'm, get, that I'm getting very good research that these are all recommended buys before I even make my decision. And then I choose from those recommendations after I do more analysis, I choose from that pool of stocks. But if it doesn't make the cut, according to our rules-based portfolio, if it doesn't make the cut, it's not even something that I'm considering. And so, so I'm starting off what I, with what I would say are very high quality, highly, highly rated companies. That's the beginning pool that I choose from. And then I narrow it down and, and I make the choices. And so, so if, you, if it's something you'd like, you'd be interested, guys. It does have a we're, – we're batting a, a pretty uh, – I don't want to guess at the percentage, but it's been, it's been in excess of 65 70%, I want to say, in terms of, in terms of win rate. You know, so every 10 stocks we, we've, we've bought, uh, about three of them I was wrong, and we lost money. Um, seven of them, though, out of 10 have made us money. I like and, that. Yeah, so, so, so far to date, through today's close, we're just up a little over 60%, uh, and that is net. Net of all, net of all fees, all charges. Wow, that's impressive. There's no question about it, folks. Eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven. If you want to have a conversation with Kevin, I mean, uh, this would be just a great opportunity to uh, really talk about that. But just talk about everything that we talked about today. I mean, we hit a lot of good topics and really talked about some basic stuff. But but you kind of got into it uh, a little deeper as well. You know what? I, I do my best to cover to cover these issues, uh, Steve, and, and I hope you guys found some some very you know helpful information out there. Uh, you can always give me a call or go to my website, which is silverleaffinancial.com, uh, leaf like a tree. So again, it's www.silverleaffinancial.com. And I, I've got a lot of information. We've got blogs, we've got resources, all sorts of research articles. Um, so please feel free to check out the website and, and give me a call if you'd ever like to talk about any of these things in greater detail. That sounds great. 800-975-6717. Kevin, uh, any final thoughts today? You know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to leave you guys with the same thing. I've I've got a, I'm, I'm in the portfolio we just talked about. I'm at about 25% cash. And uh, you know, so I, it looks like we're having a fair amount of volatility. So, um, so I think just be careful out there and uh, take a second look before you, before you go too deep with the, you know, add too much risk to your portfolio. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.